Hey everyone, welcome to the DC Comics Squadcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Jordan. We're both huge fans of DC Comics and we really want to discuss what's going on in the Rebirth universe. How you doing tonight, Chris? Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. Long, uh, long crazy day at work. We got some deadlines happening uh, tomorrow morning actually, so it's just been a little insane. But uh, how about you, man? I'm not doing too bad. It's beginning of the um, the end of the month and beginning of the month's coming up and I work in real estate, so we do rentals and that's usually our busy time of the month, so I, I completely hear you on the longer days and all oh, that yeah. stuff so glad to be home and glad tomorrow's thursday and we're one day closer to the weekend oh, yeah. so absolutely it's halloween weekend too man i'm excited i mean te- well technically uh, yeah technically halloween weekend uh it stinks that halloween's on a monday though cool well hey this episode is going to be a batman spotlight so we're going to talk about what's been going on post rebirth one shot with batman so that's batman detective comics and all-star batman with a little bit of nightwing in there uh for the monster men um so uh jordan what are we starting with we got the rebirth one shot yes sir we got the rebirth one shot with batman and what we're going to do is we're kind of going to go through and try and recap the arcs of the issues as best as we can just so we can make this one episode for you we are going to just uh be doing a summarization of the arcs of the story so starting out we have i am gotham it is written by tom king and uh drawn by david finch we start out with um with duke headed to wayne manor and finds out that uh batman wants to take him on under his wing and one thing you find throughout this arc is that um duke does not want to be considered robin duke wants to be his kind of his own superhero he kind of wants to do his own thing he doesn't want to be labeled as robin but we find out as well that batman doesn't want a robin either he kind of wants him to be his own person and um we get to see duke winds up having a pretty pretty awesome looking suit what do you think of the suit man we got a yellow and black suit going on for duke man it looks like something uh uh, it looks like something out of just for straight out of the 80s like I feel like it belongs like an 80s cartoon <laughs> like mask or something you know yeah. like it's just a, it's it's cool the um I like that there's not a cape it's just a tactical suit but it has that awesome visor on the on the on the helmet there it's cool mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of bikerish isn't yeah. it it kind of reminds you like he's gonna go sit on a crotch rocket and like take off at 80 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. but um it looks pretty cool it's um like we said it's very kind of bikerish but getting back into the arc what we're uh what we're introduced to is we're actually introduced to um like we said the name of the story is i am gotham um it's not necessarily talking about the city we're introduced to two new superheroes and their names are gotham and gotham girl and what happened was when they were younger um it was, this is going back to gotham kind of telling the story what happened was he was a little boy and he was walking with his parents after going to see a movie if, if anybody knows this sounds kind of familiar they wind up going down crime alley and in Crime Alley, they wind up getting mugged by a mugger. And just as this mugger is about to do harm to his parents, Batman steps in and actually saves the day, tells them that it's okay to be afraid because being afraid allows you to be brave when you go to face your fears. So we wind up having these two superheroes who kind of become obsessed with Batman. They have all these clippings on the wall, these papers on the wall. They go out and they try and do great humanitarian um, efforts. And along with that, whenever they're not doing 
those humanitarian efforts, their training. And so what happens is, is Batman winds up visiting the parents, but as an undercover FBI agent and finds out that they gave their kids a large sum of money and they had come back after a few months out of from asking that their parents for that money and they find out that their kids are now super beings, I guess. They have enhanced powers. So what happens is after that, there's an ex- a series of explosions going on through Gotham and they don't know what's going on. So as these explosions are happening, um, Batman's trying to go through with Gotham and Gotham Girl and what happens is after one explosion, Gotham Girl and Gotham, because they can fly, fly over to see the explosion and we're introduced to Hugo Strange and Psycho Pirate. Chris, you want to let them know uh, what's going on after that? Yeah, so a guy claims to be from a bank. He goes to visit Gordon. They're chatting. He's kind of confessing some stuff about Solomon Grundy and he grabs a letter opener and just before he like cuts his throat or stabs himself in the throat, he says, uh, the monster men are coming. Mm-hmm. Aren't they strange? And so all these, this series of suicides and they all say the monster men are coming before it happens. And so when they get to Psycho Pirate and Hugo Strange, that they're in the aftermath of the explosion mm-hmm. and uh, Gotham is, he's missing. They've yep. both been affected by Psycho Pirate. Uh, they're, you know, terrified. Gotham Girl goes back to Batcave where they take her back, dealing with her there because she is just, I mean, basically bedridden because she's so terrified mm-hmm. of, of everything. She's so affected. So they're at the scene of that explosion where they saw Psycho Pirate mm-hmm. and Hugo Strange and um, Gotham, Gotham Girl are both affected in different ways by uh, Psycho Pirate. You know, it turns out that, you know, there's, there's 27 dead soldiers at the scene of this explosion. You know, at some point you find out that there was actually 28 soldiers there. One of them lived. One of them goes back to Gotham and Gotham Girl's parents and and kills them. He saw Gotham take his mask off so he knew his identity. Batman gets there and Gotham is going to kill this guy. And he's like, you know, don't do it. And uh, well, he ends up he ends up killing that soldier. But in all of this, we kind of we learn that uh, Amanda Waller is behind a lot of this. You know, she sent she had Psycho Pirates set up to sort of control the chaos with the villains and whatnot mm-hmm. in Gotham. And Hugo Strange was supposed to be there to sort of control Psycho Pirate. Strange has his own ideas. He's got his own agenda, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I think at this point, we don't necessarily know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we will learn. <laughs> so Gotham now, he's on a mission. He's saying, you know, he, he's got a... The city, no matter how much you try to save it, it, it comes back. It hits you back. Mm-hmm. And it's constantly trying to tear you down. So his his mission now is he's got to destroy the city. He's like, I've got, I've got to kill Gotham. Right. So he goes, <laughs> he, he goes to Gotham to do this. And obviously... Batman, with a little help from Alfred, uh, you know, goes down to... He's always trying to talk sense into him before you mm-hmm. know, getting violent, but he's also trying to sort of incapacitate him. Can we just talk about the ways that he tries to incapacitate him real quick? He, yeah, first yeah. of all, throws and hits him with explosive batarangs. And then right after that, well, before that, sorry, <laughs> he gets hit by the Batmobile, which is driven by Alfred. We'll talk about that after we finish summarizing <laughs> up the arc. And then he get, throws the explosive batarangs that stick in him and then explode. And then on top of that, right after the explosion he looks up to see that the batwing is flying down and crashes right on top of him and so batman <laughs> thinks that this is going to stop him enough to um like you said incapacitate him just so he can try and, and talk to him and talk some sense into him and then you just see gotham start to get up and so he tells alfred he goes make the call and next thing you know you get a green shield right as gotham's about to take out batman that blocks uh 
Gotham's attack and the Justice League shows up. The craziest thing is, is that Gotham winds up taking out the entire Justice League. So you're like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> it figures, it, it turns out to be that he's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So as he's taking out members of the Justice League, Batman uh, calls the Duke and asks him to ask Gotham Girl what Psycho Pirate did and how what their cure is. How can they overcome this cure? How can we get him to stop? And Duke winds up talking to Gotham Girl and, and tells her that, you know, she can be brave. She doesn't have to be scared to be brave. And Gotham Girl winds up leaving the Batcave and flying into Gotham City. And right as Gotham is about to take out Batman again, Gotham Girl winds up swooping in and battling her brother. In doing so, it is revealed that Gotham winds up dying. And the reason for this is, and this also explains why he was able to take out the Justice League, is that when they asked for that large sum of money from their parents, they were turned into superheroes. But the risk with doing so is that they can be as powerful as they want, but the more power that they use, and every time they use it, it drains their life, essentially. It drains the life right out of them. So he winds up exerting all of this energy and trying to take out Batman and absorbing all the hits that he's taken from not only the Justice League, but the Batplane, the Batmobile, the Batarangs, and everything else. And then after battling his sister, he just, it's too much for him and he winds up dying. After that happens, um, Gotham Girl goes a little crazy. Not that she wasn't a little crazy already, but um, she winds up talking to herself, which by talking to herself, she's also talking to her dead brother. And so Batman's kind of following her around Gotham and we have some nice little uh, throwbacks from Tom King here to a couple of the lesser villains that don't really do anything. We got Colonel Blimp. Um, <laughs> we got Captain Stinger. Um, a little corny there. Stinger, because he's dressed like a pirate. And then we have Kite Man. And um, after That's she wind- my favorite. That's my favorite <laughs> right? little, little part with the villains there. I mean, Colonel Blimp is pretty pretty funny, but uh, I just love the Kite Man entrance. He's like, Kite Man. Yeah, hell yeah. Kite Man. Yeah, yeah, Kite Man. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there. And uh, after she winds up taking him out, she, uh, Batman shines the bat signal on her and pretty much draws her to Batman and she's telling her brother like, hey, look, it's Batman. He's come out of the shadows. And so she goes to talk to him. What he does is he winds up realizing that the only way to get through to her is to let her know that he is experiencing the exact same thing that she's experiencing. So he reveals himself to her, tells her that he is Bruce Wayne and that his parents were killed in the alley and um, that he knows exactly how she's feeling and they share an embrace. She is then taken back to the Batcave where she will stay under their supervision until they can get her cured by Psycho Pirate. And so what we learn is, again, Batman goes to see Amanda Waller and he winds up finding out that uh, Hugo Strange, as you had mentioned before, had other plans. What he did was he had exchanged Psycho Pirate for Venom. The only person that has access to Venom is Bane. And so um, there's a nice little setup there for what sounds like it's going to be an awesome Bane story after this, but that pretty much ends the arc of I Am Gotham. So that takes us through the first issue all the way up through issue number six, I believe. So yeah, what did you what did you think of that arc? Man, uh, I loved it. I agree (laughs) with you 100%. You know, we talked about this last night, but this whole I mean, this arc doesn't really ever slow down. Nope. But especially the first issue, not the not the one shot, but the actual Mm -hmm. number one where Tom King is just on board as the sole writer. It goes exactly 
exactly how you would expect mm-hmm. a Batman comic to go. I mean, it, it's just perfect. And I, I don't mean that in like a, oh, it's just typical of the mill Batman. It's like, no, our ideology, when we visualize Batman in our head, mm-hmm. like this is what it is. It's not, exactly. it's not lackluster by any means. It doesn't slow down. It doesn't stop. Except for in all the right places. Like when it <laughs> needs to get heartfelt, it does. Correct. Like it, and then it picks back up. But this, yeah, number one is, is my, one of my favorite Batman issues in a long time. Mm-hmm. Just some classic stuff in here, man. Like the, there's a throwback to uh, Dark Knight Returns. You know, Batman is on the plane that got shot down. How they meet Gotham is Gotham and Gotham Girl, they pick up the plane. They save him. But he's on the plane and he's talking to Alfred and he's like, is this a good death? Throwback to Dark Knight Returns. And it's just this great moment and this great monologue where he's talking about, would my parents be proud? And that that's the kind of stuff that's just like, yes, like, yes, this is Batman. Like, this yeah. is Batman. And it's also like an adrenaline rush of an issue too. Um, and that Batmobile is so sick. They're not kind of Batmobiles in this arc. They blow up like four of them. Um, <laughs> well, three including the Batplane. True. But that first Batmobile mm-hmm. is like the animated series combined with like the ni- early 1940s with the face shield, like battering ram, yep. like Batman face thing. It's, I mean, it's just awesome. So it's, it's great. Yeah, man. I agree with you 100%. I, I really enjoyed this first arc. Um, It doesn't, you're, you're totally right in that it doesn't stop at all. It, uh, it keeps you going from issue to issue. Um, What I like is that it's very, it's tied in really well together. There's, it's not sloppy. Um, It's very to the point, but at the same time leaves you wanting more. And um, I highly recommend picking up issues one through six. And and I think my favorite issue of them, of the entire uh, arcs are issue one and issue six. And I think I like issue one for the same reasons that you do. It starts as your typical Batman story. Meets Commissioner Gordon on the roof. They explain what's going on, what the situation is. Bam, you're rushed into the action as they're talking on the roof. Batman automatically goes. The typical Commissioner Gordon Batman moment. Gordon turns around. Batman's not there. And um, just hits you. Keep going uh, through that first issue. And then I think the reason why I love issue six so much is because it shows the aftermath of the whole rest of the arc before that that it's it's been set up, which is nice because it takes you on not even so much as that adrenaline rush. It, it, it brings you on an emotional roller coaster. And, yeah. um, you know, that it's... I have brothers and sisters and I don't know what I would do if I lost any of my brothers or sisters and granted they're not superheroes they're awesome but they're not superheroes and uh but even still it just it shows you that when the time calls for it Batman really does know how to um I guess you could say he knows the right moments when when to show that he has heart it reminded me kind of of the um Justice League animated series episode where um I can't remember this girl's name but she's one of the like the strongest villains that they face and what happens is she's kind of she can has the power to destroy the entire universe and um but she's dying at the same time and she tells batman and she asks him if he will sit with her win her last moments while she passes away and he does he sits with her for like yeah i think it's a couple of days actually he sits with her for i think like two huh. days and winds up carrying her out just goes to show you the the heart that he has on top yeah. of you know the brooding um mean demeanor that he can show most times that's just one of the reasons you know many reasons why um i love that issue and i think it's it's a really hard thing to do with batman is to show both sides of those and i think so far tom king's just been he's nailing it right yeah, on the head absolutely so yeah, absolutely I mean, he, to me, he, um, he totally gets, he totally gets what Batman is and what it's Correct. about. I and mean, he shows it in this first arc, but it, again, for me, in this first issue alone, just, I mean, down to Commissioner Gordon, mm-hmm. like, the first time you see him, he's lighting up a tobacco pipe and <laughs> like, 
what else do you want him to be doing but smoking on the roof? Yeah, like, exactly. That, that's it. Um, it's. I mean, it's awesome. It's. It's. They hit all the right beats. They. They dig into the history of it. Um, just like Rebirth promised. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heart. It's great. A couple of things I wanted to get your thoughts on. Sure, man. First of all, okay. So for Gotham and Gotham Girl, we still don't really know. I mean, we don't. We know that they paid for their powers, but we don't know anything beyond that. Like we right. don't know how they got them. Right. Yep. It's that's still kind of something that has to unfold. And we need to talk about this monologue at the end of issue five. Is it the uh, Gotham this, Girl and Duke? The Gotham one? Girl monologue. But at the end of that issue, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at the bottom, you know how it's like next week on whatever. It it says like next in Batman Gotham Girl Year One. But the next Batman wasn't Gotham Girl Year One. Correct. Uh, so I'm curious as to if that got pushed back or if they were just letting you know, hey, this is something that we are going to tackle. So get ready, kind of thing. Yeah, I I think that it's more or less um, kind of the latter. I think it's something that they're setting up for the future because um, as you read in issue number five, when she goes to attack her her brother, she mentions that her and Duke are actually married and, yeah, yeah. and that she kills Batman. Let's um, let's read it because I just want to get a fresh perspective on, on what the monologue is. So, okay, right here she says, this is as she's holding her brother, mm-hmm. Hank Gotham, in her hands. And she says, later after we were married, after Bruce did what he did, after he died how he died, after I, after I killed him, I mean, Duke and I, we'd come here once a year on the anniversary of my brother's death, just to take time to remember, to remember that this is where it started, the origin of Gotham Girl, the death of Batman. And, you know, when the, when you read that, uh, five issues into Batman, you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Come again? No, I had that, sa- I had that same initial thought, and, and my first thought was, no, they can't be yeah. doing that right now, because, I mean, I was... I was devastated, you know, like we had talked about last night when um, Batman died in, in Endgame. As well written as it was, it was still heartbreaking and it was a great way for him to go out. But I feel like they're starting to, f- and it's something that I don't know if it's just because Batman's been taken so many different places already, but now it's, you know, people are killing him off more and more and bringing him back and, and that's totally fine. It's in the world of comics, but the thing about Batman is he's he's not supposed to be easily defeated and I feel like right. he's getting easier to defeat and yeah. I feel like that's something that's I don't know if it's a I don't want to say it's a mistake but I think it's something that the more you do it the easier it becomes to do it but then yeah. it takes away from the character of who he is because I think that's part of the reason why people like him so much is that he's he's not a superhero he can right. he can perish at any moment but he doesn't he always finds a way out and right. so I think that when you start doing that too much it kind of messes with his lore a little bit and his mystique yeah. with the way these issues are going I mean I'm excited to read it and and see what what happens and who knows we could be interpreting it all wrong but yeah um kind of going back to your first point i think that that's where you know gotham girl year one kind of comes in and, and we'll get more of that as um the arcs continue but i don't think that we'll get that until after the bane arc i don't think that we'll we'll get anything until after that right yeah i mean and going into what you're saying uh well they you know they also have released the rebirth for batman beyond mm-hmm. uh which you know we're, we all know the setting of that back what we were saying about you know the lore of batman and stuff and i think a lot of the whole you know bruce wayne dying and it's happened a few times Mm -hmm. to me i guess the reason that's there is to sort of remind the reader that yeah he is human and to be human is to eventually die like you're you're going to die so don't forget that batman is just a man and that death is always looming especially when you put yourself in the face of death Mm -hmm. and to me that feeling comes across really well and i mean it's always come across with uh frank miller dark knight returns Mm -hmm. dark knight strikes back and then now the dark knight 3 master race it's that when you see his age that's when it's 
much easier to identify that, yeah, I mean, he's he's going to die. One day he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, he's aging. It's cool seeing both of those. But, yeah, I mean, I think what my main point is, I think the reason that they keep doing that is just to keep the reader in, in our mind humanizing him. Yeah. Despite the fact that he is a legend and has been around for, like, 77, 78 years or however long, it's just to, to keep him humanized. But yeah, no, anyway. I know. I hear you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that, that you make a great point in, in that. And I, uh, I agree with you. I think it's a great way to keep him humanized because, yeah. you know, I was trying to make earlier, sometimes he gets to almost godlike status and you right, see him yeah. fighting on Apocalypse and stuff like that and you're like, really? He's he's making it on there? But well, they actually did that in, in the Dark Side War when he's on the Mobius tier. He yep. reached godlike status. Yep, exactly, <laughs> man. And then that's where we find out about the three Jokers and the Rebirth one shot. Mm-hmm. But anywho. I'm so ready um, for that. Oh, I know, man. I am too. I am too. Should we, uh, should we move on to Detective Comics and, and do Let's this? Go, all, all right, awesome. So, uh, just let everybody know what issues these are. These are issues number 934 through issue 940. Stories written by James Tynan IV and Eddie Barrows. Barrows? I'm going to say Barrows because it looks like when they spell the narrows. You know, when yeah. he's like, I'm going to narrow. So, I'm going to go Eddie. Ba- I'm going to go with Eddie Barrows. Sorry, Eddie. Sorry, Eddie. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, pretty much what's going on is that Batman has figured out that Gotham's vigilantes are being watched by these drones. In order to get to the bottom of this, he's going to need their help. And so he recruits Batwoman, uh, Red Robin, Spoiler, Orphan, and I know one of your favorite villains, Clayface. And Sorry. so for those of you guys who don't know, Batwoman is, is Kate Kane. Um, we got Red Robin is Tim Drake. Spoiler is Stephanie Brown, the Clue Master's daughter. And Orphan is Cassandra Kane. And then Clayface is Basil Carlo. What's going on is that Batman informs these guys of, of that they're being watched and they need to figure out what's going on and early on in the first issue um Azrael is actually attacked by what looks like a shadowy figure that that's Batman and when Batman confronts him to see who it is he's like it's you you're the one who attacked me and Batman's kind of taken aback by it so um that's when he gets the Bat family together and um him and uh Red Robin actually go to see Azrael again and ask him if he remembers anything about um being attacked and he tells them that it's the colony and that they have to be aware of the colony and so what happens is we get a little bit of background on Batwoman as well um Kate Kane and we find out that when she was younger after her mother passed away she wanted to be a soldier just like her dad um Jacob Kane and so she does everything growing up to uh be a soldier her dad trains her she winds up finding out that she as a younger girl I guess started watching Batman and as an um, older woman started becoming fascinated by his tactics and and found that that was that was the way that she wanted to be a soldier as opposed to being a military soldier like her father and so that's how she kind of gets her start as you're finding all this out batman when he's on his way back to the belfry which is pretty much a bat cave in the middle of gotham city he's actually ambushed by this army known as the colony and it's just a bunch of bat men and he is taken out by them actually and they capture him and while that's going on it's being watched by red robin and batwoman and then they call the rest of the gang in and they see what's going on and they're like whoa batman's been taken down and i know one of the best parts in that that that's your favorite is uh when clayface is watching the video and one of the guys 
hits Batman <laughs> and he goes, oh, wow, that's a nice hit. <laughs> I wish I could hit him like that. Maybe I'll do yeah. that in the future. And then everybody looks at him. He's like, what? It was a nice hit. I just thought. <laughs> a good hit is a good hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, pretty much after that, she figures that it's time for reinforcements as well. And so her dad already knows that she's Batwoman. And um, so she calls him to see if he can help out. And what happens is when he gets to the Belfry, as she is allowing him access to the back computer, he winds up taking over the Belfry and the colony smashes through the top of the Belfry. It winds up being that he's the one who's in charge of the colony. So um, you want to take it from there? I feel like I'm, I'm, I am I'm. don't want to take any light away from you. So Yeah, no worries, man. No, you're uh, killing it. Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, moving on, you already said Batman was imprisoned and there's this uh, awesome start of one of the issues where yeah, they've got him hung up in like a tank or his cage or whatever they've got him in and they're digging through his utility belt <laughs> and you just see him flipping through one by one. They got all this stuff lined up and they're counting how many batarangs he's got and there's <laughs> there's some uh, there's a little bit of kryptonite in there mm-hmm. and they're just like how much could he possibly have in there? What do they say? Like we, we've only been through like, what percentage of his belt? I think it was belt? 31. He, they were like how many items is it? And I think they it was something around like 120 items and yeah. they were like we are only I think 21 or 31 percent through the entire utility belt and they're like oh my god we have so much more so so you know they can't remove his mask he's got this whole system set up uh would just erase the entire back computer they notice he starts like messing around they got an x-ray out he starts messing around with one of his teeth and they're like what's going on there so of course batman being batman he spits (laughs) his tooth out and it's like a smoke bomb (laughs) that like of course explodes and he gets out and you know he does what he does Mm -hmm. uh really well so then you know he goes to uh meets the colony's tech guy Ulysses and uh he's actually a big fan he's got a Batman shirt on under his camo gear mm-hmm. and he's just he's actually just kind of geeking out over Batman he's like just wants to pick his brain he's like I want to know all these things he, he, t- he tells Batman that you know zero year changed everything and like you did what the military could not do you, you did that as one man mm-hmm. and so they want to basically take all of his strategy all of that and turn that into an army of men that can each do that and so they're going all over the world mm-hmm. he shows them some footage at some point of them doing that but they're being lethal they're being abusive they're being cruel i mean they're using Correct. like real force and violence and you know obviously batman does not mm-hmm. like that because they're you know they're taking it up to that next level that he won't go to and then we find out that batman he knew that it was jacob kane uh, batwoman's father this whole time that had been watching mm-hmm. the drones we go on to learn that he believes the league of shadows is real uh even though you know that's mm-hmm. been believed to be a myth he believes it's real and it's in the cities there's cells hidden in the city you know they want to basically take out these cells it's mm-hmm. innocent people and they're aware that innocent people are going to die when they take these out but that's like a mm-hmm. risk they're willing to make in fact there's a scene where jacob kane is like praying he's like, you know to god saying you know what we're doing is just just you know <laughs> even if mm-hmm. we have to even if we're messy about it i believe is the way he says it um which is just kind of messed up so the team comes along uh as they do and they're there to protect batman and yeah let's see there is a flashback that's actually pretty important where uh jacob kane is getting like sort of a promotion and he's handed some folders by a higher up and they're like you're gonna you know no one's gonna know about what you'll be doing you'll never receive credit for it it will never make Mm -hmm. the public eye and he's given these two folders that are labeled league of shadows and court of owls which is cool because i love that storyline but he ends up he kind of like gets out and walks out yeah so after that flashback it kind of goes back right into when jacob kane has batman captive and then the team shows up uh because red robin winds up hacking into the colony's right, computer right. system and finding the tracer on, I believe it's Batman's utility belt. And so he finds that and that's how 
how the team gets there. And then after the team gets there, it's an all out just, you know, every man for himself. And so one of my favorite, you know, newer characters, Cassandra Cain, Orphan, um, shows up and she takes out, how many people does she take? She takes out a lot of people. She takes yeah. out all the guys on the roof and then they send her down to this own floor that the colony has in and of itself. And she takes out like eight or 10 guys and she shows up again and they start just whooping these guys and uh, Red Robin is sent down to deal with Ulysses. He's trying to hack into the computer system some more to see what's really going on and he's able to do it a little bit but Ulysses has studied him for so long and uh, Batman's tactics for so long he kind of anticipates it coming and so Red Robin's captured and then they bring him upstairs and what happens is is they wind up leaving the Belfry and it's pretty cool how they do so. They Red Robin finally is able to break through their uh, communication system and what he does is he triggers the sound in all of the uh, Batmen, all their helmets. It pretty much incapacitates every single one of them. And so Jacob Kane is pretty much tells him that this isn't over. There's still a lot more left. And so the Bat family leaves to kind of recuperate and they head back to the Belfry, but it pans back to Jacob Kane and Ulysses. And Ulysses tells him that he has a backup plan and his backup plan is a drone fleet. And so these drone fleets each have separate targeted buildings. And these buildings are where these sleeper cells allegedly live and really you know they're innocent people but he thinks that these are where the sleeper cells are and so that's what they're going to do is going to send these drones there to take care of those buildings and and kill these people and so what happens is when they get back to the belfry there's a couple cool moments in there about red robin you know that we'll talk about afterwards of how he sets up the belfry and stuff but what happens is he gets on the back computer and he finds out that there's this drone fleet and it's minutes away from gotham so he immediately tells the bat family they're sent out to start evacuating people out of the buildings really funny moment with Clayface again is he pops through one of these windows and he's a, like a mud Batman it's really funny he's like uh um I'm, I'm Batman and then everybody's just kind of looking at him weird and he's just like this isn't working and he just goes ah beware of Clayface and everybody screams and runs out of the building it's great but after that they wind up evacuating everybody out of the buildings but they find that the drones aren't headed in that direction and Tim actually gets on the phone with a spoiler who's Stephanie Brown and lets her know that he has actually reprogrammed the drones to himself. He is now the main target. So the drones are coming after Tim Drake. And we wind up also finding out with Tim is that he's been accepted into this Ivy program for geniuses. And it's a once, I think it's a once a year, one kid in the world gets accepted into this program. And he's the one kid who winds up getting asked to. And earlier in the first couple issues, he and Stephanie talk about it. And he chooses that he wants to stay with the Bat family for now. He winds up letting them know after the colony incident, after they leave and they're headed back to the Belfry, that he's going to accept this position. And so when he tells her that he set himself as a target, she freaks out and she tells Batman. And then Batman immediately, you can see him too, freaks out. And uh, Batwoman tells him, you know, you can go, go, go do it. Go get him. I know what you need to do and I'm going to go take care of my father. So as Batman's headed to go try and rescue uh, Red Robin, Batwoman winds up finding the, I guess you could call it a vessel, the vessel that Ulysses and um, Jacob Kane are on. And when she pops in, he winds up telling her that that, you know, it's over and that he's going to um, get out and they're going to escape to a shadow base by teleporting to get away and lay low for a little while and rebuild their, you know, the colony again. And she winds up tackling him out of the vessel and onto a rooftop before he can do so. And this whole time that ship is being chased by Argus because Batman calls the president (laughs) in the Belfry, which is a great moment. He tells the president, um, he goes, um, hello, Mr. President. The president's like, who is this? He's like, you know who this is. (laughs) I have something to tell you. Who else has a 
direct line to you. Um, <laughs> I have something to tell you and winds up telling him about Jacob Kane's ventures. And then after that, we are left with this beautiful but heart-wrenching moment where Red Robin does wind up taking on that first fleet there um that drone fleet all by himself and he gets up and he's he's all battered and he's got a couple broken ribs he's standing up and he looks beat up he's got a swollen swollen jaw and everything else but then he looks at the sky and it looks like these stars like this whole beautiful night sky and he winds up noticing that it's a third drone fleet and they're headed his way and batman knows he's not going to make it in time so he's yeah. like yelling to everybody and alfred whoever's the closest get there get there get there and save him if you can tim winds up saying goodbye to stephanie and winds up saying goodbye to bruce as well and then there's this splash page and it's again beautiful and heart-wrenching it's just you see him getting taken out you know these seared bullets going through him and he's just kind of being absorbed by all this fire and so um we're left with everybody kind of dealing with that grief and Batwoman tells Batman that he needs to go. So he actually winds up going to visit Spoiler, who is was sharing an apartment with Tim Drake. And she winds up telling Batman that he was accepted into the Ivy program. And I don't know about you, but when I was looking at this art in this panel, man, I started tearing up. He, um, when he looks and he sees that yeah. he has he was accepted and that he was going to go to it and he was going to go do that program, he just drops the paper immediately. It just falls right out of his hands, and you just see the look on his face, like, "What did I do to this kid? This kid had a promising." life and i took it away from yeah. him by you know fighting making him fight crime granted he gave him a choice but by the same token right. it's it's batman you don't want to let batman down so we're left with uh and after that he looks at that letter um him and stephanie have this moment where they just kind of reach out to one another and and they embrace and and share some tears and we're kind of left to kind of wallow in that for just a split second because you turn the page and we actually see red robin and he wakes up and he is met by this mysterious man in a cloak and to me it looks like mr oz from the rebirth issue but he looks like he's being held captive and there's in this like this little baby confined room with what seems like like a plexiglass or glass we obviously know it's you know because otherwise tim drake would be able to break through it but it's some sort of see-through thing you can see red robin in and there's two other look like empty rooms next to him so um he says my friends will come for me that winds up ending that arc there so again man i I, I loved this arc, dude. I, just, I thought it was... I thought James um, Tynan, sorry if I'm pronouncing your, his name wrong, and um, Eddie Barrows both just nailed, straight up nailed these, this whole entire arc. I mean, it was solid. You get... You, you care about every member of the Bat family. Not one member of the Bat family sticks out in particular. I mean, Red Robin does a little bit because he's obviously sacrificed, but right. um, aside from that, I, I felt a really strong pull towards Clayface. I felt, yeah. um, like I said earlier, Orphan is... Just just she is a bad mamma jamma and um spoiler again she kind of is starting to take over the tech duties now which i think yeah. is really awesome that you know there's kind of the female version of um red Rob and of course she's dating red robin so he shows her the you know little things here and there i think it's really awesome that she's kind of coming into her own batwoman you really feel for her. you really feel for kate again it's really tight writing and um great art and i think that they complement each other so well and it's it's nice because it's just as you're reading these issues and you're going one by one i was jumping from tom king right and you know the batman issues into the yeah. detective comic issues and i was like there is not a drop off at all it's great right. I, I really loved it and i thought that it was great storytelling and, and great art to go along with it what, what are your thoughts man yeah i know it's i think it's great man and i love that um there's a i mean obviously there's going to be a difference but i mm -hmm. like the distinct difference between the art of each separate book like oh absolutely batman versus detective comics detective comics to me has always had a little 
little bit more of a sort of raw aspect to it, to mm-hmm. the art. It's just a little bit more jagged around the edges, and I love that. Yeah, um, yeah this is great. It's, it's some awesome story. That One of my favorite scenes is when they go recruit Clayface, and he's yep. like, you get people screaming running from the movie theater, and it's so like, <laughs> well, okay, we found him. And so yeah. they go in there, and he's just sitting there, and he's just watching this movie, and it's from when he was a human, and he's just mm-hmm. watching himself, and he's like, come on, like, look, I'm not going to hurt anybody. I yeah. just want to watch this. Just let me, I don't get to see this when I look in the mirror, basically is what he's saying. Like, let me just live in this moment for just a little while longer. And yeah. But I just love that it's, you know, they basically just say, hey, well, you can. We're not taking you back to jail. You can join us. You can do good. You just have to do what we tell you to do. And I, yeah, he's a great addition to the team. And, and he's funny. Like, I, almost every time he's on, on, like, in a panel, he's saying something that I laugh at. But it doesn't feel forced. Right. Either. Yeah. That, that, and that's, I think, is, is a great quality and, and again and a tribute to the writing yeah. um, his his comedic timing is perfect and, and none of those lines feel forced and it's just great to have that levity in there yeah and I've actually to me that's something that carries over in everything that I'm reading in Rebirth so far mm-hmm. there's some really great humor in some things that I was not expecting like Batman for instance just the yep. Tom King's Batman line is, is very it's got some funny parts like legitimately like laughing it's not like just chuckles uh, and the same thing for this it's very natural um humor yeah it's not like they're throwing in cheesy one-liners when it's not mm-hmm. meant when it doesn't fit the situation yeah you know if, if there's lots of people dying and they're in a serious situation most of the time and sometimes it does but most of the time they don't cut some like cute joke you know the, yeah. the mission is the first thing on their mind exactly um, not that and obviously sometimes there's some one-liners thrown in there but that's fine yeah this is comic books man yeah right for real <laughs> Uh, For real, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you you touched on pretty much everything that I was going to say too. Um, that sky scene where, where it looks like stars when that other fleet of drones comes up right before mm-hmm. they just seemingly annihilate him. Oh, but yeah. all the this lights is just a beautiful panel. Last thing I, I do want to mention is the escape when they're surrounded in the belfry. Mm-hmm. When it, when Tim Drake says like "Let's roll" or "Let's roll out" or something, and yeah. Clayface surrounds the entire team in a ball of clay, they fall through that trap door, and then they're just free falling in a Clayface ball. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> so awesome! It's awesome, man. That's I thought that that was a great, great moment of unity as well for them without yeah. Batman. I thought that it's it, it's a great way to uh, for them to help build their you know team bonding. I guess if you yeah. want to get that corny about it, yeah. but it's uh, I thought it was a great moment for him. It's a, a very redeeming arc, um, and yeah. even in the next arc that we'll talk about next, um, Night of the Monster Men, he's redeeming himself really, kind of like they used to do with the Riddler. Sometimes they'll throw the Riddler in as a good guy. Sometimes he'll have to help Batman and Robin out sometimes. Right. I kind of like that when they do that with certain villains here and there. And um, But I also like when they turn back. And so I'm interested to see how, how long Clayface will really be a part of the Bat family for. And I mean, yeah. I honestly hope that he's still with them for a couple more issues because I, I really like him as a part of the team. Yeah, I'd like him to keep him around for sure. Like we said earlier, man, I thought it was a great issue. One thing I just want to mention quick as I was um, sort of touched on when we were giving the recap is one of my favorite moments is when um, they get back to the Belfry and all the windows are broken. Clayface has said something to him to the effect of like, all right, well, first thing is we got to clean this up and then we got to fix all these windows. And uh, Red Robin goes, you really think that we would have built a Batcave in the middle of Gotham City without taking broken windows into consideration? And he's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, these windows rebuild themselves. And Clayface just kind of looking at him with his face. He's like, well, you really think of everything, don't you, kid? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's what you get. Who uh, A young ward who's got a lot of money and, and great brains and an unlimited 
budget. And yeah. so when he does that, and then also the uh, pods that help them get around the city to go find the base where they're keeping Batman captive of the oh, colony. Oh, yeah, in the abandoned, uh, was the abandoned subway system yeah. under Gotham. So yeah. I thought that those are great moments and just a, test, a testament to Batman's training, but also the willingness of Red Robin. Uh, Tim Drake always was one of my favorite Robins, mainly because he shares a lot of similar qualities with Bruce Wayne. He's a, a lot less stubborn than Bruce. But um, yeah. he has very much the intellect and intuition that Bruce does. Um, he's not nearly as physically gifted um, as, say, Nightwing. One of the yeah. cool things I think about him that makes him a really uh, strong attribute to the team is his um, intellect. And I like how that was his main focus throughout this entire issue, which is awesome. I just thought it was a great, great, great arc and um, yeah, a great absolutely. way to kick it off. So uh, moving on to the Night of the Monster Man, this is basically what it does is it ties it ties up between Batman 7, Nightwing, Nightwing 5, uh, Detective Comics 941, Batman 8, Nightwing 6, and Detective Comics 942 is the conclusion. So basically, the writing of this was kind of taken over by Steve Orlando, who's currently on the Supergirl rebirth. And it, you know, the writing credit is given to him and each, you know, book's respective writers. But I feel like this is more Steve Orlando. Anyway, so basically what this arc is about is we bring back Hugo Strange. And he has taken... So he's been dealing with these patients... They were the four people who were committing suicide, yelling, you know, the monster men are coming in the Batman, mm -hmm. the I Am Gotham arc. And so those bodies at the morgue mm -hmm. start to kind of fizz, and one by one, they these monsters start to attack. Um, very slowly, you know, throughout the story arc, they take on one monster, and then another one starts to pop up, and they're spreading, kind of being spread out throughout the city, the team is. And so there's a hurricane mm -hmm. happening before all this even starts, and they're comparing it to Zero Year. They're dealing with the aftermath math of Tim Drake dying and this is happening like immediately so it's like non-stop for them. Mm -hmm. Batman's in insisting you know you know, no one else dies we can't let this happen. Uh, we're, we gotta get people out of here because the flooding is supposed to be worse than zero year. So they're taking citizens out of the city and there's like I guess a cave maybe outside of Gotham that they're taking them to for safety. So all that to say there's not really anybody in the city after a certain point. And so as the team is sort of being distracted by this Batman is slowly and he's not he doesn't really want them to know but but he's trying to spread them all out to where they're getting away from the action and the monsters are targeting him, um, obviously to save it. You know, Nightwing mm -hmm. and Batwoman pick up on that and they, they, they realize what he's doing. All the yeah. while, there's a couple of flashes of Hugo Strange. When the monsters are about to start attacking, he gets a call and they're like, hey, it's almost time. And he's like ripped, man. He's like sitting yeah. on a workout bench, like lifting weights. For some reason, he's he is. For some reason, he's, he's like naked working out. And he, the dude is ripped, but it's awesome. It's <laughs> hilarious because he still looks like Hugo Strange in the head, but he's just like this ripped up, like, yep. he looked like Bane from Batman and Robin not to downplay Hugo Strange in this but, like, that's to me the physique that he mm -hmm. had I was like, this is not what I was expecting it was awesome though. So, they kind of, there's one monster that keeps growing these new heads and they're taking them out. And I believe while they're while they're taking them out, these this monster that keeps regenerating heads, it's like one head, two head, three heads, and four heads, and while that's going on, there's also a monster that's attacking Blackgate Prison. As this monster attacking duke is still on communications and while he's on communications um gotham girl can also hear it too she's got super powered hearing so she can hear all these people being stomped to death and chewed up and so she figures she's actually got superpowers so she completely ignores batman and duke's orders and leaves the bat cave and flies over to black ape prison where nightwing sees her as she's going over and so he decides that he's gonna head on over to and keep an eye on her because batman um wants him to as well and so what happens is when 
finally get to Blackgate, you see this monster and she's, she sees him and she just rips this monster to shreds. Like, <laughs> tears it up. It almost was Negan-esque with the baseball. It was almost like too much. She just completely <laughs> destroys him. I, I loved that Negan scene, by the way. I'm just throwing that out not, there. I'm not um, caught up yet, so I don't. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> no, well, no I'm worries. I didn't say anything else. Um, so... Yeah, she she goes way overboard, just destroys this monster. And as she's doing that, um, they get like the these guts and, and whatever bile-ish kind of I don't substance on her and Nightwing, and they start to feel agitated and very irritated. And next thing you know, it turns into a straight up monster movie. Yeah. Um, these guys, uh, you got Gotham Girl and Nightwing, just turn right into these into these monsters, and it's cool looking because they're still sort of wearing their costumes. So yeah. there's like little parts of their costumes that you can tell. You're like, oh, okay. Okay, there's Nightwing and there's Gotham Girl. What happens is they then leave Blackgate and they head back towards Gotham City and Duke picks up on this and lets them know that something's happened to them because he can tell that with all the patients and the monsters that Batwoman and Batman have been taken out, he winds up figuring out their, chemis- their chemistry and it's um, the venom that um, is making their level spike and he winds up through looking at Nightwing's vitals, he winds up seeing the same thing and so um, he winds up figuring out that those guys, something's bad has happened to them and of course as he says that they turn around and there's Gotham Girl and um, Nightwing and they're fighting Batman and Batwoman Duke winds up showing up and actually has a cure that turns them back into who they were without killing them and so he gets Gotham Girl first gets her right behind the leg I believe and so she turns back into Gotham Girl and then right after that Batwoman's fighting Nightwing and she's falling down and he's falling with her and so she's waiting till the last minute and she tells Gotham Girl you have to you have to shoot him with this potion and she's like you're the only one that's strong enough that can get through his suit and through his skin and so she's still affected by psycho pirate and she's i'm scared i'm scared Mm -hmm. i don't know what's going on and so nightwing as they're falling down she winds up jabbing it into him and he turns back into nightwing Um, but all the while these citizens are in this cave that's outside of gotham and like you said earlier there's a hurricane going on and so there's this muck inside the cave that winds up getting on um the citizens of gotham and they start to pretty much rage in the cave they're getting claustrophobic um um, they're they're pretty pissed off that they're in there um, and they're like why are we in the cave anyway you know who are you to tell me what to do and it's Gotham um, GCPD's in there and they're trying to control the situation but um, Spoiler is in there and Orphan's in there as well so they're getting ready to start taking people out but they don't want to take people out so Spoiler has to come up with um, a solution and she winds up figuring out that um, heat will get rid of the substance it will at least melt it off of them and so she tells GCPD to light all their flares and so while they're in this cave they're lighting their flares and the heat is warming up the cave which is getting the substance off of them and this substance winds up turning into a monster and it actually starts crawling towards Gotham. We find out that um, Nightwing and Spoiler um, wind up going up to uh, one of the Wayne Towers and they find out where Hugo Strange is. Nightwing tells Batman and as he's doing this all those monsters that they've defeated start to morph into one giant monster (laughs) and he tells um, Batman that Hugo Strange isn't just a scientist he's a psychiatrist and that all these monsters are his diagnosis of who Batman really is. And so it says the first three are grief, manipulation, childhood fear, and they can't figure out the fourth one quite yet. So Batman goes to find Strange while these guys climb into the different Wayne Towers that Batman has set up specifically for when something of this nature happens after Apocalypse or Darkseid had invaded um, Earth. He had wound up building these machines that can at least hold these creatures for a little bit. And so they wind up 
going in the the towers and they figure out that um nightwing's sitting in there and he's trying to figure out he's like what is going on and so while that's happening batman finds strange strange is in a bat suit um <laughs> jacked yeah. well, looks almost bigger than batman um but he's sitting in this chair and so batman goes over to grab him and he tells him like look you can't touch me you can't hit me i have this suit is a suicide suit so if you hit me past a certain force um then we're both dead and so batman's talking to him doesn't say anything goes to hit him and like batman v superman i don't know if this is a little nod to batman v superman punches the wall you know like how he does with lex at the end punches the wall and um as that's going on nightwing figures out that the last diagnosis is ego and so after figuring out that the his diagnosis of batman is grief manipulation childhood fear and his ego he winds up diving down the throat of this giant monster and right down into his digestive tract and this monster starts like puking up all this weird bile and then it like i don't know if it just explodes or what happens to it but it's defeated nightwing comes out and um while this is going on strange starts sweating bullets and then he starts complaining that he can't breathe and this is awesome little panel in the bottom left hand corner and you can see Clayface is covering up the building <laughs> where strange is so he's cutting out all the oxygen and batman can hold his breath obviously longer than, than pretty much anybody yeah, we he's saw that in himself the, is it the the batman one shot the rebirth one shot for batman he correct actually, he they hold- dive in, they dig into that a little bit he has to mm-hmm. go into water and do something he can hold his breath for like some ridiculous amount of time of course yeah like six minutes or something like yeah. that he held it underwater but he can probably hold it longer you know when he's not under those sorts of situations yeah. you just never know so um strange winds up passing out and um and then after after that he's defeated um the justice league winds up coming back to gotham and they start and they help clean up and because part of the city's just annihilated yeah. all these monsters knocking over buildings and so then after you know to kind of end this arc batman's talking with batwoman at the um at the grave sites of these four victims that strange had taken um hold of and he winds up telling her that bane is really the one that's responsible for the majority of this because he's the one that did the deal with strange and gave him the venom so we're left off there and that ends the night of the monster men this issue these arc to me was not as strong as the first arc of detective and the first arc of batman in my opinion it it got kind of a little out there for me yeah yeah i mean to me it's like i feel like there are aspects that i love like it it definitely Mm -hmm. has this horror aspect and i love that i love i love horror movies and all that so that's to me that's really cool and that part of it's well executed as far as the monsters and you've got people turning into monsters and you've got monsters being ripped apart and stuff and it's uh it, that part of it's really cool as far as the execution you know like yeah it's it's not as strong it definitely um it's just a little underwhelming i guess maybe the flow yeah. of all of it but you know it, <laughs> it is what it is the art i'll say this the art in some places is a little bit lacking if you will but there are times when the art style of this is awesome and it just yep. really kills it. there's just certain panels of batman where i'm like man it's cool how simple the art is in that they didn't go over the top in fact it's almost too simple but it works for this particular set of panels it's just some really cool Mm -hmm. stuff um it's just it's a shift in writing and art it's almost like it should have been its own side thing (laughs) and not have been a crossover between these different comics yeah no i i completely agree with you in that sense um i entirely agree with you on the art aspect there are certain panels where to me it's almost like it looks unfinished and um but there are also some splash pages and some cool little panels here 
here and there um, where that really works. Like for a character yeah. like Clayface, that works great. You right. don't need, he doesn't need to be defined, you know, yeah. by anything. Um, like you mentioned, this shot of him taking over the top of that building, that, that panel is awesome. I yeah, that, that panel is awesome. And this, the way that they drew Strange was awesome too. Yeah. I liked how um, his look and I liked, you know, his little lair that he has all set up. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, I think it was a little underwhelming because you come from these first two great arcs and when you cross them over, you, you sort of anticipate that it's going to kind of keep up and um, I just think that we're so spoiled with the rogues gallery that we get from Batman sometimes that when you have something of this nature, like I, I almost wish it was like a more mental sort of mind game that Strange would play with him as opposed to just these huge physical big old monsters. But by the same token, like when's the last time we got one, when's the last time we got some of that in a Batman story? So right. it's, um you you take, you know, you take the good with the, the not so great in, in this issue, yeah. but I mean, I still enjoy it. It's, it's comics, you know what I mean? And it's Absolutely. the Bat family working yeah. together. So I definitely enjoyed it. And, uh, but I just think that there are certain parts and like we'll get into All-Star here in, in a minute, but at, just after coming after those first two, I think it was a little underwhelming, but still worth uh, checking out yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and to me, we talked about this uh, earlier tonight, it was like, it's still, you're still reading Batman. You're still picking up yeah. a comic you're reading Batman. You're seeing Batman, you know, just destroy some monsters and that's that's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. Uh, sure. You know, we can get nitpicky and I do uh, a lot actually. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, for all the things I could complain about with this comic, there's enough cool mm-hmm. stuff in there to make, you know, I'll I'll probably go read it again and I actually reread it for this, for this episode and, you know, I did pick up on some things that I was like, you know what? I didn't catch that before. That's really cool. Like some of this art, like yeah. I said, is really cool. Um, and I, I think I, I'll say this and I don't want to compare it because they're doing their own thing. There was a miniseries by Matt Wagner years back called Batman and the Monster Man and I love, I, it's just a few books and I love mm-hmm. that series. I don't know if you've read that but it's really, really cool. Um, the art style and that's cool. It's got a little bit of throwback vibe to it. I say a little bit. It's got a lot of bit of throwback vibe to it but that's that's really yeah. cool so i think when they announced this crossover i'm like oh my god yes 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 so i went back and reread that man <laughs> of the monster men and then i got this and it's it's just a different thing you know you can't yeah you, you can't compare it to that it's they're no. doing their own deal um Overall, I, I did enjoy it with some take backs. Uh, there were some yeah. things I wasn't really sure about, like, last thing I'll mention, then we'll move on to All-Star. I was just kind of confused about, at one point, they project these holograms from the streetlights of Batman yeah. to the citizens, and it's like, you know, hello, citizens, we're working hard to protect you. Like, this is a pre-recorded message, but you got to get out of here. <laughs> you got to evacuate the city to blah, blah, blah. And I was just, my initial thought was like, when did he record that? Is that just a general... I guess it could just be a general message because it's not specific to there's monsters yeah. created by Hugo Strange coming to get you. Yeah, I don't know if he's projecting that from his suit at the moment. Well, I think he has he has Duke like set it off like from oh, the cave, gotcha. I think. And so it's just, it's like a planned thing that I guess, uh, I don't know, you could write it off as it's just like, well, it's there for like really bad emergencies when they have to evacuate. But yeah. like I said, it's not specific to like monsters or anything. But you know. uh, Wouldn't it be a funny moment like if you're, you're Duke and you're sitting in the Batcave and Batman comes up to you and he's just like, hey, I need you to film me doing this general like brief public service announcement yeah i think that that would just be really funny i'd be like all right yeah. and then i would just make him do like 100 takes because yeah. i would just i don't know i i just thought that that was funny thinking about that i was like all right yeah well i would just make him do 100 takes yeah. why not you know here duke uh here's my gopro and we'll get secondary footage with this samsung galaxy <laughs> take the video before it explodes and then right. we're gonna send it out to all the uh, 
light posts in the city. Anyway, okay, so um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> move, oh, man. Moving on That's... to uh, to uh, All Star Batman. Unless there is, was there anything else you wanted to add to uh, Detective Comet or the Night of Monster Man? No, I'm uh, I'm actually excited. The uh, next story that we have coming up for Detective Comics is let me see real quick here in the back. Um, the Victim Syndicate, yep. and I saw some of the artwork for that, and it looks awesome. I just read it today, uh, actually, just before we started this. The first, oh yeah, the first so issue. I haven't read it yet, and I've also been waiting on Batman number nine too, just because yep. I want to just wait uh, for the sake of I wanted to make sure that we got enough for this episode. Yep. But I'm I'm excited for it, so I, I can't wait to see what they're going to be doing next. Absolutely, so, awesome man. All right, All Star Batman. We have this is Scott Snyder's run without Greg Capullo. I, I didn't really know what to expect going into All Star Batman, but um, I was very pleased. I'll just put it that way. And so we'll just run through, kind of just give you a gist of what's going on, and and pretty much what's going on is well first of all batman's outside of gotham city yeah um that was something that scott snyder i I think said was one of his ultimate tests um in writing batman you know it's definitely a challenge to keep him it's so easy to write him in gotham city that he wanted to see if he could do something that was a little bit outside of the box and outside of his comfort zone and write him outside of gotham right and um put it to you this way page um the first page is pretty funny it's just going through a couple of citizens um talking and whatnot and then you get this awesome image of firefly throwing batman through this window and it just oh it's so good yeah it just is and there's something about the way that part of the reason why i love scott snyder's writing so much is because he tries to jam so much into these little panels like if you look at the text bubbles there's so many text bubbles like all over all the pages and and i i love that because it's it's as much of a novel as it is a comic book absolutely so and killer moth is here too killer moth is here so pretty much just going through all three we see appearances from firefly killer moth black spider killer croc copperhead i think king shark is part of that group with uh yep. killer croc and then cheshire who's a uh, poison expert and we wound up seeing all these guys and what happens is um bruce is actually um the reason why he's out of gotham city is he receives a message from harvey dent not two-face the harvey side of two-face and so harvey tells him that he's having a harder time being harvey that two-face and harvey are each starting to really pull at one another and two-face is kind of taking over more in that it's getting to the point where he's going to be gone soon harvey's going to be gone soon if he uh, if batman doesn't do something about two-face so what he wants him to do is take him to this house and pretty much burn the two-face side of him out and so this house it winds up being a place that they both went to when they were younger bruce the reason why bruce was there was after his parents were killed by joe chill he wanted to kill joe chill and and so he had planned everything out. He had written it all down. He had actually been practicing with firearms and then Alfred found him and decided that he needed to um, get away from Gotham from a little for a little while. So he wound up sending them to this home in the summertime where troubled youth um, go and there he met. He didn't know it was Harvey Dent at the time. Um, they were just known as, I think, 2 and 2A. He winds up meeting Harvey and Harvey becomes his best friend. And the whole reason why Harvey's there is his dad would go out gambling, get drunk, and then come home and beat Harvey within an inch of his life. 
And so Harvey tells Batman in his message that he needs to, to take him to that house. And throughout the entire way there, they run into um, all these different villains because Two-Face winds up putting putting out pretty much a public service announcement stating that he has information on everybody. He was the DA. He's got paperwork on everybody from Batman to the small citizen of Gotham. And that if he makes it to the house where Batman is, or where Batman's going to take him, then he's going to release all this information. But if some stops them then he won't release that information along the way we run into all these villains we run into firefly killer moth in the beginning and then kind of a little bit through there we get black spider and then there's this awesome awesome page and i don't remember which one it's on where he's uh fighting spider and he's standing on top of these trees and he's got a chainsaw on his hand (laughs) and he doesn't have the cape on oh that's that's an awesome awesome because he's just got the eyes and the shadow of the head and um he rises up out of the grass Black Spider yep. is like shooting at what he thinks is Batman's corpse, and it's actually yep. just a pile of like hay or something. I don't know. But then, yeah, yeah. he rises up. But it was just the cape and cowl is what it was. So he was shooting at that. Exactly. He rises up out of the grass, and he got that chainsaw shot. That is just so awesome. I've, they made a variant cover uh, for that issue. I think it's the first issue. Um, yeah, a variant I cover so of well. like that image, and it's just so epic, man. It's so awesome. Oh, for sure. But uh, yeah, after um, I mean, in going through that, I mean, it, it's kind of a back and forth between two faces and Batman. Batman wins some of the battles. Two-Face is starting to win some of the battles. Um, but there's one instance in particular. They're on the way there first in the Batplane and the only way, the Batplane's in cloak mode. So he's like, you know, nobody can really get us. We're going to be there in a couple minutes. And what happens is Alfred is the one who winds up shooting down the Batplane. Yeah. But he's got tears in his eyes and he's saying, I'm so sorry. So like, I'm wondering what information does Two-Face have on Alfred? I don't know oh, if it's something God. more. I didn't even think of it like that. <laughs> I really didn't think of that. Like, I was just like, oh, I just doesn't want him to take him but yeah wow okay i'm like (laughs) yeah exactly man i was so excited and then in issue two kind of trying to recap this a little bit for you and i'm sorry if i'm skipping over some of the details guys but we are also introduced to gcpd and it kind of goes back and forth between like two days from now or like two days ago 20 minutes ago and this that and the other thing so gcpd is actually on the way to wayne manor and harvey's telling jim gordon you know we don't have to go and knock on that door we really don't and jim gordon was like no we do and for me, that was kind of shocking. I'm like, wow, you got Bullock, who's usually the one that's very headstrong yeah. in that relationship. And um, Gordon goes and and they're about to go to Wayne Manor. So, you know, who's to know what, you know, he already knows and um, which we will find out in upcoming issues. But it's really awesome because you're also introduced to Penguin, Black Mask and a Great White is with him. Great White. Exactly. And what happens is they wind up hiring KG Beast. Yes, sir. Which is awesome. He's a he's a man. Mm-hmm. And then a, um, and so KG Beast has a ridiculous sum of money that he wants and Penguin of course tells him yeah we'll get it for you little does he know that after KGB's already goes on this mission they don't have that kind of money <laughs> so it's really funny to hear the three of them talking about it they're like what are we gonna do when he comes back here we don't have that kind of money to give him yeah. we don't have all that money and they're just like ah we'll leave it to me we'll figure it out when we get there but it's really interesting because through all these instances and with these certain villains they're on top of trains they're in trucks they're all over the place they're actually wind up in an armored vehicle because it looks like Batman's shot in his cowl which knocks him out for a minute and he wakes up in the back of this armored van two-face winds up shooting one of the police officers that's in the back of the van and batman starts breaking their knees yeah <laughs> starts fighting them in the back and then kgb standing in the middle of the road shoots out the tires of this armored vehicle flips over and then from there the battle's on it's actually a lot faster than i thought it was going to be yeah. the battle between kgb and batman and, and two-face but there's these awesome bat knuckles yes that batman uses <laughs> to uh i had bat knuckles like circled a million times 
times in my in my show notes. It's just like bat knuckles, oh. bat knuckles. <laughs> so awesome. There's also like a, a kind of a Deadpoolish moment in here where KGB stabs one of the police officers and has him hanging up in the air with his swords. Yeah. I thought that that was a pretty cool moment too. Yeah, they get done with this battle with KGB before he winds up getting taken out. Um, he throws these ninja stars and one of them sticks right in Two Face's eyes, not in the Harvey Dent side, right in the Two Face side. And so since that's a little bit more exposed, it's obviously a big issue. And so what happens is Bruce is all bloodied by this point and KG Beast is getting ready to take these guys out and then bam, Duke hits him with a car. <laughs> and it's just awesome. You just see like yeah. crunk and it's just <laughs> great. He just flies over and he's knocked out because Duke realizes that the chemistry or whatever's going on is a setup. And so he's going to track down Bruce to, to see if he can get him away from that. And so he winds up hitting KG Beast with the car, gets Two-Face, puts him in the car and they wind up going to this house. And then we are introduced again to Harold Allnut and Harold winds up doing surgery on Two-Face to get the ninja star out of his eyes and while he's doing that Bruce tells this is where he tells Duke about their childhood and why they were sent to this home and why he needs to take him back there and then as they're on their way after the surgery's done it says 20 minutes later they're on one of those uh fan boats and they're getting ready to go into this tunnel and as they're getting ready to go in this tunnel it almost looks like jousting I don't want to call them sticks um that sounds good <laughs> I, yeah yeah we'll just go with that so there's these like jousting sticks that come out from the top of this tunnel that they're about to go under and Batman realizes like oh no this is another setup he's like Duke get in the water grabs him and it's this great panel up at the top right and you see them all attacking the boat with their look like either fencing swords or or jousting sticks and um you have Batman who's pulling Duke and Duke who's pulling Two-Face into the water (laughs) they actually almost look like talons now that I look at the one picture but I could be also completely wrong with that as well the issue ends with Two-Face pouring acid right into Batman's eyes and he says what do you see now and then mile marker number 222 and then um just to kind of tell everybody else too there are there's also a story that's in the back of these issues called the cursed wheel chris and i aren't really gonna go into that into this episode we kind of want to see where the story's going a little bit more it kind of has to do with um with duke and it, it might uh play into the main story uh sooner or later but for now um there's already a lot in this episode as yeah. it is and um we kind of just want to stick to all-star detective comics and batman for now and and we'll we will hit the story um a little bit later on so that's pretty much all-star batman in a nutshell i know i was talking a lot so i apologize chris but um <laughs> no worries, what man. are your thoughts on these three issues so far man i i felt the same about these three issues as i did about batman number one from tom king to mm-hmm. me this like when you start it just doesn't stop until it needs to and so you know you it really it comes back down when you go into the backstory of like bruce and harvey dent but then it picks right mm-hmm. back up and it just doesn't the, the action and all of those beats all the fights are really cool batman's a little bit more brutal in this which i always like that i like it a little bit more brutal i think for yeah it's either firefly or killer moth uh yeah it's killer moth because he talks about you know the adult moth sometimes they don't have mouths or whatever and then he stabs the knife through his arm like and pins it to the ground or whatever yep <laughs> all that stuff was really cool i'm very interested to see where the gordon and bullock you know the gcpd going into way manor is going because you know they crack open mm-hmm. the grandfather clock and they're like there's no turning back from this and then they yep, look in exactly. they look in and they're like he says my god bruce what have you done and that's the last we see of it so we don't get you know a couple more weeks out before we get to keep moving with that they, they set up a lot of cool stuff and i'm curious i don't know how long all-star batman is supposed to go if it's i mean i haven't really been able to see if there's like a mini series style ending or if it's mm-hmm. just kind of open-ended like we're just writing this month by month until yeah. so that'll be interesting to see if they take it to another arc or if they if we stick to this sort of road trip thing which i love 
I love mm-hmm. that, that fight on the train with Killer Croc and uh, oh, yeah. and and King Shark and all that stuff. It, it's so cool. The throwback. They bring so many villains in here. And then at the end of issue one, you yep. actually is it is that uh, gentleman Ghost when they drive away on, on the eighteen wheeler? He's hanging on back there, but we haven't seen him in the next couple of issues. So there's somebody. Yeah, no, else. we really haven't. I completely forgot about that. And so it's kind of like that's sort of a thing that's that's coming in later, I guess. But yeah, I, I love this man, and I've always liked uh, Scott Snyder's writing. I, I think he's just yeah. great, and uh, he had me even through the arcs of New Fifty Two that people didn't necessarily like that much. I still thought were really good. The uh, yeah. even like the super heavy with Gordon as Batman, like that stuff was cool to me. Uh, going into Bloom, so I, I don't know. I'm a fan. I'm a I'm a Snyder fan through and through. <laughs> I hear you, man. I'm the same way. I I also am a big fan of uh, John Romita Jr. He did. A, he's been doing a great job. Yeah. I think it's a nice blend between his own style, but he still kind of got sort of some traits from Capullo's Batman in there still, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Like you said, man, it just is nonstop. It just keeps going, and um, Snyder knows how to how to pick up the pace and slow the pace down when, when the time calls for it. But this road trip is just a road trip, unlike anything else. I love Two Face as a villain. I think he's very hard to write. Yeah. Just because you can play off of that dual personality so much. I think a lot of people oftentimes tend to pick them as this gangster who uh, just cares about money. Right. That's all he cares about. And it's not that case at all. Yeah. He's He really thinks he's one of the top tier villains, if not the top tier yeah. villain. And um, I think that they've done, a, he, he's done a great job in bringing him to life. And I just think he just does such a great job of adding new things that feel like they've been in the canon for forever. Yeah. I just feel like he does a great job with that. And all three of these issues, I'm like, pick them up, guys. They're they're great. It just, it doesn't stop. It's a great, it's kind of a newer take on, on Two-Face. It's got an old older take, but a newer take. It's it's kind of very, like, this. these books have, like, a very punk rock feel to them. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. It just feels like, it feel, when you read these, you want to put on some jeans, <laughs> a boot, a leather jacket, and, like, go get a mohawk. That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And, um... Well, you mentioned a second ago, you're talking about uh, Two-Face, mm-hmm. um, kind of the old idea versus the new one, and they actually tap into that a little bit in one of these they issues. Do. I think they're talking to Duke. It's Alfred and Duke. And he's talking about, that's not the Two-Face that our parents told us about and it's they're mm-hmm. watching a video where it's kind of like this old school gangster style two-face where it's nah see i'm gonna take all your diamonds from you kid <laughs> and then they go to the new one and he's like you know that was the two-face that was acting out harvey was doing that to get the attention so they could he could be captured before he does anything really bad mm-hmm. like fighting off two-face he was doing that and yeah. i thought that was a brilliant aspect to bring into it that like i'm doing these like silly antics and i'm just you know i'm t- stealing little things that's so get me, put me in prison mm-hmm. before I can do more. And yeah. I thought that was just a really cool way to look at it. And I would want to say, you blew my mind with Alfred shooting down the bat plane. <laughs> that has not, that really hasn't crossed my mind. Like, wait a minute, he's got something on Alfred. Like, what? what is it? Yeah. Uh, no, that, that's awesome. That's going to be killing me now. <laughs> I know, dude. I was, Batman. when I was going through to reread it for to prepare for the episode, I that's when I really caught it. Because the first time you see it, you're just like, okay, you know, like you think that he feels upset because the bat plane was down and you don't know if he's just crying because now he has to finish the rest of it on foot or you know he'll find some way to get there but for maybe he thought it was going to stall him overall just maybe have him change his mind or something yeah. exactly but then i noticed on the computer it said target destroyed yeah and he says you know i i had no choice yeah and then he's got the tear rolling down his eyes and i was like oh my god he's got something on alfred what's he got on alfred <sighs> what is and it? then that makes me think does he also have something on duke too and then like why isn't why aren't duke and alfred Alfred talking about this and yeah it just makes your head spin and yeah. in a great way and yeah. like a 
you know, you just want to go and you want to pick up that next that next book. So, I mean, I'm really just in love with everything that's happened in Rebirth, uh, with the Rebirth universe so yeah. far. It's just great. And, you know, we'll get to other episodes or, um, you know, our other spotlight episodes just to catch us up. And, and as you'll hear in there, Chris and I talk about it, a lot of really great stories and a lot of really great issues and arcs going on right now. So um, go out and pick up what you can. I would say really go out and pick up all these books. When is the first trade coming out for I Am Gotham? Isn't that coming out soon? Relatively well, like... Uh, let's see. The uh, Batman Volume 1, I Am Gotham, it comes out uh, January 17th. So yeah, okay. so pretty pretty soon. The only release I could find for All-Star Batman was an April 25th release date of that first arc. Detective Comics is the same way, February 14th pretty soon and then they're actually releasing a separate night of the monster men in march at the end of march so got yeah um yeah I'm, I'm really thrilled so far with with all of these issues and i think that um we're in a great place and, and that we'll we'll be able to uh have a lot more to talk about going forward too and and i'm just i'm excited man but yeah man i think yeah. that that's that's gonna be it for our batman spotlight episode that's it. <laughs> um i hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did um just want to let you guys know if you don't already know you can find us on twitter at dc Squadcast, and you can find me at Jordan Funky, and I'm also on Instagram at, at Jordan Funky as well. Um, where can we find you, Chris? First of all, you can find the DC Comics Squadcast on Facebook if you just type in Facebook.com and our name. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as at Chris Rimmer. For Twitter, it's RevRim, kind of like Rev Run, but with an R I M. Mainly, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Suicide Squadcast and Correct. the family, which includes the DC TV Squadcast, and so now us, mm-hmm. the DC Comics Squadcast. So if you're not already following them you need to go follow them subscribe review that helps so much um check it out they've got everything suicide Squadcast has got a little bit of everything they focus on the movies news a little bit of tv a little bit of comics dc tv Squadcast is going to give you everything you want to know or hear or and upcoming news about the tv shows mm-hmm. um and then we're here man we're talking about the comics we're, we're talking about in, comics and we might yeah. talk a little bit too much but that's okay <laughs> it's all good yeah, yeah and um go to itunes go to stitcher go to google play and um one thing real quick is just uh make sure you guys subscribe to the different feeds um there's main feed suicide Squadcast, which you'll find um our first and second episode on and uh we also have our our own feed so if you feel like it give us a five-star rating and write a review and we would love to hear from you guys so absolutely so thank you guys for listening to us and i'm looking forward to the next one and i hope you have a great night chris and it's been fun talking to you yeah you too man this is awesome and guys again subscribe let's talk about comics uh just keep on reading dc comics man jordan it's been real man sounds good man see you later